The Start On Demand. On demand. Monday's show was a special treat for me. With both Mackling and McNabb on vacation, I got to work with the one and only KK. Kathy Kennedy joined me as guest co-host where she revealed she had a fangirl whoopsie-daisy when she got to meet and have a lengthy chat with one of her favorite bands, Queensryche. Some potentially stormy weather ahead this week. We'll talk to Environment Canada's senior climatologist to get the scoop on what's brewing. Tis the season for vacation, and we've got tips on how to check for bed bugs while you're away, and tips on how to prevent bringing them home. And the Blue Bombers are getting ready to start something super fun at Boston Pizza. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Kathy Kennedy in for Mackling and McNabb, and this is the Monday, July 8th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, well, McGarry, (laughs) and KK. Good morning. How are you, KK? This is really early. Well, okay, you, uh, first of all, Mackling's (laughs) off this week, McNabb's back tomorrow. So today I get to work with Radio Royalty. Oh, let's go with that, shall we? Kathy Kennedy, (laughs) who had, how many years did you do morning radio? Oh, 26. Okay. So when you do something for that long, there has to be some sort of element of routine, I would imagine, that follows you even when you're not doing the morning shift. But this is the first time in a while that you've been up this early. Yes. I'm usually up no later than 4.30. It's just kind of ingrained after doing uh, the the early thing for so long. But when the alarm went off at 3.05 today, Mm -hmm. that hurt. And you had a you were out last night. I was. Didn't get to bed till midnight. Oh, my God. And And I said to myself... You know, I I don't know about this morning thing. (laughs) (laughs) This is a tough slog. It is. And and look, Brett, you know this uh, now that you've been doing this for a while. You know, when you're out and about it in the evening hosting events and then and then having to get up that early. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Well, what was the event that you did last night? So I was out at Queensryche. Queensryche. I uh, emceed the show at Club Region Event Center. Nice. And uh, it was. It was an incredible night of stupidity. <laughs> Excuse me? The band was incredible. Yep. Um, I had a few stupid moments because I, I fangirled. Just going to put that out there right now. So you're a big fan of the Queens, right? I am. And you had an opportunity to sit down and chat with them. I you did. You were looking forward to chatting with them, interviewing them. Yes. Wanted to play the interview today on the show. Indeed. Told you, hey, prepare. I'm going to come back with tape. Okay. Yeah. So I sat with them for about half an hour. Did not even put a tape machine near their bodies. You just had a chat with them. Yeah. Well, that's kind of cool, though, in a way. Then you just got to chat. Well, and you know what? A, a lot of the things that we talked about, they probably would not have gone on the record and, okay. and, and said. So, you know, I got a little bit of, of inside tidbits. Oh, wow. But uh, still... Brett, come on. Um, but you know what? Here's the, here's the thing about that is is how that happened was so bizarre. And I think that's what threw me off my game because uh, because I was emceeing the show, I got to park backstage, was backstage, was uh, uh, walking up to the backstage door, and they're sitting there on a picnic table having a cup of tea and smoking their camel cigarettes. Okay. And uh, walked up and went, holy cow, yeah. it's you. 
<laughs> Eddie Jackson, Todd Latour, and went, hi, I'm your MC for tonight. <laughs> 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 and completely fangirled. Sat down and just started chatting. What just, You know, it was... Uh, it was an incredible night. So it was a good show? You had fun? It was. The okay. show was incredible. Well, at 645, we're going to have a conversation about have you ever had a fangirl or fanboy moment where you got to meet somebody you were really excited about and maybe, you know, because KK's beating herself up this morning. I forgot to press record. <laughs> I'm glad you got the opportunity to meet them. And now it's going to hopefully inspire some conversation. I... Uh, I, and I'll, I'll save this for 645, but I'm actually wearing my Winnipeg Thunder hat. You are indeed. And I had a fanboy moment in which I annoyed uh, one of the members of the Winnipeg Thunder. <laughs> so I will explain that at 645. Uh, great story. But on the subject of mornings, um, I, I, I am scared that I need to go to a doctor soon because I feel like I'm developing narcolepsy. Like whenever, if I... You will just nod off at any moment. Yeah, and and it's it's starting to happen more now at the wheel. Like when I'm driving, if I get off work and then drive out to the golf course, I have to like fight to stay awake. And then the same thing happens on the way home. Like almost every time I'm in the car now, I get sleepy. If I'm just watching TV, I get sleepy. It's almost like whenever I'm I put the phone down, yeah, and just allow my brain to calm down for a moment. Uh oh. Then it's almost instant. So either a I'm not getting enough sleep which I think is likely because yeah. I'm used to four, maybe five hours of sleep a night, and then I try to catch up on the weekend, but if I don't, then it just kind of like compounds. It's like compounding it interest. It gets yeah, worse, and, and now I can just fall asleep almost on command. Right after every show, I go into this little booth to record the introduction for the podcast for the start, and I inevitably will fall asleep at that desk until someone comes in and then I just sort of spring up like, oh, hey, hey, yes, hello. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm working. I'm working. You know what? A little advice from a girl who's done this. Yes. That's why I bring it up. All right. Save me, KK. I will save you right now. You have to get into the routine of a nap. Yeah. You you truly do. And and it's different when, when I was doing mornings and I was 25, I could go with four hours of sleep. But the older you get, the harder it gets. You have to get in at least a nap in the afternoon. Okay. That's imperative. If what? you want to survive doing this show, yeah. <laughs> you need to nap. Yeah, because the, the I would like to ideally get just go to bed early, but that doesn't that yeah, really that doesn't, works. Yeah, it doesn't pan out. You, yeah. You're a late night guy to begin with. Yeah. And they take the late night guy and they put him in the morning show. Yeah. <laughs> How's that working for you, McGarry? Well, I kind of like it. I wait when I wake up; it's dark out, so I sort of well, like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Usually, yeah. you're getting home at that time, though. That's how it used to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and usually, what I think part of the problem too is when the weekends roll around, then I'll shift back to my old routine right. where I'm up till two, three in the morning. So then, come Monday morning, it's just this like it's this, this weekly sort of violent. Well, yeah, you're, ne- you're never filling up your sleep bank. Yeah, and you and you need to at least keep the tank half full. Nap, nap, okay. sir. I will try to to make that happen. But a lot of time, I can't. I can't nap if I'm leaving work and going straight to the golf course. Well, priorities, Brad. And Health, as... <laughs> golf. Ah, I think golf would probably go first. And hey, if you're like me and you would put golf before health at six thirty-seven, <laughs> we have a prize for you. We're doing four for four a little earlier than normal. Four for four. This is an amazing prize package from oh. Pinawa Golf Club. So. We're going to give the grand prize away on Monday. It's three rounds of golf for four people. You get a $500 gift card for Pinawa. And just if you're the qualifier, you get 
one round of golf for four people. So you could win up to four rounds of golf in one of the finest courses in southern Manitoba. And the course it, that nature built. Oh, look at you. What they call it. Uh, and you were golfing this weekend. How was your game? It was good and bad. I played out at Elmhurst yesterday, which is a private course. I have some friends who are members there, and I was their invited guest. And that course typically eats me alive because uh, they're bunkers are designed to punish you if you find them. <laughs> and I all am historically awful in the bunkers, but I played really, I played great out of the bunkers, but... Uh, but my, you were in the bunkers. Yeah, but I kept finding the bunkers because <laughs> I could not hit the golf ball to save my life. So it was good and bad. Let's just say it was, I'm going to go with, it was a nice day. Oh, that very was nice. The, that was the positive all for right, the most part. All right, that's the takeaway. Nice day. McGarry and KK Mackling's off this week. McNabb back tomorrow. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore, Cam Poitras, Jeff Forte. The whole family. And we want to... The whole kid and caboodle. <laughs> Queensryche is the band that KK saw last yeah, night. I can't wait for the interview. <laughs> oh, my God. Moore, come on! Hurting me. Look at that. Is my nose bleeding? Before bleeding? we explain why, why Kelly just... Hurt KK, but Barb. <laughs> what? Uh, who won the contest, Forte? Who was our next qualifier for four for four? Alan Kornofsky. Alan? Alan, yes. Alan. Alan. Okay, and they knew that Queensryche is the band that KK saw. So, KK, for those just tuning in, what happened last okay, night? Okay, so I had said to Brett uh, on Friday, look, uh, I'm emceeing this Queensryche show, and I'll get a little tape, and we'll run it, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, well, it didn't happen, because I completely fangirled out. <laughs> So uh, here's what happens. Uh, I, I park backstage because I'm emceeing the show. I get the nice little parking spot. And, and walking up with my friends and sitting on a picnic table right behind backstage is the lead singer and the unbelievable bass player uh, from this band. So Eddie Jackson and Todd Latour. And I completely just lost my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. And, and I don't do that very often anymore. But I did. And so I, you know, hi, I'm emceeing your show. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, my friends were just laughing at me. And so I uh, plunked down, sat on the picnic table with him for about half an hour, had this great conversation that did not go on my phone. Whoops. So we don't have an interview with Queensryche this morning. Yeah, no. I can tell you what they said. <laughs> so that got us wondering if we've, if any of us have ever had a fanboy or fangirl moment, and so why don't we just go around the horn here? Poitras, you got anything? Well, I was thinking, and I couldn't think of one, but then I remembered, oh, yeah, there was, there was that one. Um, uh, I was working out in Alberta, and uh, Garth Brooks was playing uh, the Stampede, Ooh. and I got tickets down to, and I, there was a meet and greet. I also got invited to that as well. And so I'm a huge Garth Brooks fan, massive, massive Garth Brooks fan. And so to go and meet him was just awesome and, and ask him a bunch of questions. And uh, I was working at a radio station up in Drayton Valley at the time, and they had, uh, I had, uh, you know, I just rushed through it, and I just, you know, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And he was just so nice and took the picture. And then I, me and, I invited my buddy in from Winnipeg, and he's also a big Garth Brooks fan, Luke. And we were walking by, and, and, he, and I goes, yeah, I'm a, I probably should have interviewed him and asked him a couple of questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I just got, I got in, got the photo, and got out of there. Right? Yeah, I didn't want. I was just like, I don't want to take up your time. I don't want to bother you. You know what I mean? But I should have, you know, interviewed him and got him to say a bunch of stuff for the radio station. But uh, totally over my head. What about you, Kelly? 
Well, I've had some technical mess ups. I don't, I don't know if I've ever fanboyed on anybody, but boy, there's been a, more than a few occasions where I thought I was doing the interview. And especially with some of this new equipment that we have. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're sitting there and you're, you're uh, pushing the button and you're looking for what we call a level. Mm-hmm. And you don't see one. So you push the button again and you think, okay, good, I'm good to go. So there have been a few times where I've had to uh, ask colleagues, hey, that uh, interview where Wheeler really had that great stuff, you didn't by any chance uh, <laughs> record that, and could you possibly send it my way? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Because you go back and... Wait a second. The, the interview's four seconds long? <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Ron? Uh, I fanboyed out once here when uh, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall of News Radio came in for an interview. He was just sitting in our green room out there waiting to go on. And usually if someone famous is here, I don't, if I don't have to talk to him, I don't bother because I know what I'm like. But I was like, no, (laughs) screw it. I'm going to go talk to this guy. And I went and I just started babbling on. And the the look on his face was just like, he's, I don't think he's going to come back to our radio station anytime soon. Security, security. <laughs> it was just like these are the kind of guys I avoid out on the street. Why am I stuck sitting <laughs> to this? And as far as uh, technical misfires go, it wasn't a work thing. It was, in some regards, much worse because uh, some friends of mine. Now, to be fair, they did it out of cheapness. If you need somebody for something professional, hire a professional. Don't hire Jeff to videotape your wedding. Oh no! If he doesn't you know didn't. what he's doing. Now the wedding was fine, but oh. I screwed up at the reception. The battery died, and I was just like, I don't have a second battery. This isn't even my camera. And and I just, like, <laughs> pretended to keep doing it. And then I, I eventually did locate a second battery, but we missed a few minutes. <laughs> oh, my God. That is great. Okay, Brett. Your your fanboy moment. So this would have been in the early 1990s. I'm wearing my Winnipeg Thunder hat. And it was involving one of the players from the Winnipeg Thunder. There was, they were a couple of them were at, I think it was called D and D Cards. There was a card shop on Regent, uh, just uh, east of Lajemodier, and a couple of the players were there. One of them was the one that people tend to uh, br- bring up whenever the Thunder comes up is JJ. You. Thanks. And uh, so he was the big one. He was my favorite. And he was sitting there and I just started like interviewing him. I guess it was maybe that was a precursor for my eventual career path. But I I didn't just go in, get an autograph, say hello, say thanks. I, I chatted with him. I tried to chat with him for like 10, 15 minutes, and I could see the look on his face was like, go is away. this kid ever going to leave me alone? Yeah, kid. Um, so eventually I think I finally took the hint, but it was, I, that sort of, that moment kind of ruined my image of this player who I really liked. Okay, so let me ask you real quick around the table. So if you had the chance to have a fanboy moment with somebody, who would it be? Bronner. Bruce Springsteen. Kelly. Well, I, I did have one with Gordy Howe, but I managed to hold myself together to do the interview. Well, because you're the ultimate quintessential professional. Oh, I was babbling, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I'm not sure. I'm just thinking about it right now. Uh, who would I, like, just die to meet? Um, I'll come back to me. I, okay, I Brett? <laughs> I don't know. Britney Spears? I like oh, Britney Spears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Forte? Um, I would have to say probably Tommy Lee of Motley Crue. Cause just he cause would be he would, fun. He would have so many stories, you know, and to actually hear it from his mouth, that'd be incredible. 
Great. You'd have to wash your ears afterwards. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> have, to, have to have a nice long shower. <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. Oh. McGarry and KK, McNabb back tomorrow. Mackling back next week. Here's the headline at cjob.com and globalnews.ca. Organized crime knows fraud is the way to go. So says a former RCMP financial crime expert. To get more on this, we're joined live on 680 CJOB by Sam Cooper, national online journalist, investigative for Global News. Sam, good morning to you. Good morning. So what's going on here? We learned uh, from one of the top uh, RCMP organized crime experts, and he's now with the, the auditing firm MNP, that for about the past 10 years, Powerful organized crime gangs, some of them uh, international, have been moving very, very heavily into fraud. And it's very related to the drug trafficking uh, and money laundering scams. But they've realized that fraud is really a much easier crime for them uh, to, to make proceeds about as much as uh, drug dealing, and they don't face the same kind of penalties. Uh, drug trafficking is a very violent trade, so uh, when, when the police do catch these gangsters, they can face serious, uh, serious penalties. That's not the case for fraud. Fraud is also very difficult to investigate, and if you do get caught in Canada, you will get a light sentence. So they've, uh, they've realized that vulnerability, and they are making a lot of money. Estimates are up to $6 billion per year, and that money is getting laundered, a lot of it, into real estate. Sam, give us some examples, if you could, though, of, of what kind of fraud activity they have been doing. Well, uh, in, in the real estate side, one of the big ones is mortgage fraud. So we've seen this especially, uh, it's, in, it's in cities across Canada, most especially probably in, in Vancouver. The residents will be very familiar with what's called mortgage fraud and flipping, illegal flipping schemes. So gangs, uh, in some cases, they use the identity theft. They'll dig through people's garbage, steal your credit card bills. They can use those identities in some cases to take out fraudulent mortgages. And then criminal gangs will pay inflated prices for homes. They will repeatedly flip them back and forth until uh, they're overvalued. And then they'll have what's called a straw buyer right at the end, uh, uh, take out a take out a loan from a bank, and uh, and really run away. And so money has been made, and in those cases, uh, the bank can be left holding a, a big bill. Is that the way? The main way that it affects the average Canadian is through that identity theft. Certainly, it's a scary thought to think that there are actual organized gangs looking, uh, going through neighborhoods, going through garbage, and they will steal identities. Uh, if you don't shred uh, important documents, you can lose your identity. These gangs will sell it on the Internet, what's called the dark web. And those, uh, those identities are very valuable for things. Uh, you can see your credit card dinged. You can see uh, bills that you, you never paid for being charged to you. And if uh, you get a fraudulent mortgage taken out, that will be very damaging to you. So absolutely, the average Canadian can lose a lot of money and go through a lot of grief through identity theft. And there are many other scams based off identity theft and, and just uh, Internet frauds, etc. Sam Cooper, national online journalist with Global News, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Sam, thank you for this. 
Thank you. And if you want to read more, globalnews.ca, organized crime knows fraud is the way to go, is the headline. That's according to a former RCMP financial crime expert. Second and goal at the one. Strebler under center. Off the right side. Touchdown, Blue Bombers. Chris Strebler takes it in, and the Bombers go in front 28 to 14. And the Bombers went on to make the convert, and that would be the final score 29 14. Bombers defeat the Ottawa Red Blacks in Ottawa. Now the only undefeated team left in the Canadian Woo-hoo! Football League. You heard Bob mention, though, in that clip that it was Chris Strebler. Yep going in for the TD, and that's because Bomber quarterback Matt Nichols took a shot in the third quarter, helmet-to-helmet hit, and he left the game. Spoke with Bob Irving on the post-game show here on 680 CJOB. Quarterback draw, got some good yardage, and, um, you know, something I know better than and should have slid earlier, and, uh, you know, took a bit of a big hit there and, and uh, you know, had, obviously had to come out of the game. Is that when the competitive juices get the best of you? Yeah, absolutely, and... Um, you know, it was just one of those things where I, I knew I had some good yardage and then I felt like I could maybe get some more around the, you know, run around that defender and uh, kind of last second felt a couple other guys closing in and tried to kind of slide late and ended up in a kind of awkward position. But uh, something I, I know better than that and, uh, you know, should have slid earlier and, and you know, something I won't do again. But Nichols says he's good to go for Friday when the Argos come to town. Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, obviously... Um, you know, I meet with the doctors and everything, but uh, I, f- I feel really good right now. So yeah. uh, it would be a surprise to me if I wasn't out there. I feel I feel like um, yeah, I feel like I feel good right now. So good. Uh, I plan on being out there. You know, uh, interesting when just throw into hockey for a moment. Uh, when Toronto Maple Leaf fans, if the the Leafs win three games in a row, you know they start talking cup. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just happens. However, I got to tell you, this weekend, a lot of people saying, hey, 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 this is the year for the Bombers. Yeah, the excitement is is different this year because they, they seem to be getting over these humps, right? Like they won that home opener. Yep. And that's often a game that the Bombers sort of, or, well, they, they don't win. Yep. And they won it uh, this year and they, won, they went in and beat the other undefeated team quite handily. And uh, I'm really excited for the possibilities for the Bombers. And not only are they they're winning on the field, but I think they're doing a really great job they off are, the field as Brett. well. In fact, let's talk about their, their pizza parties. So the pizza party, Neighborhood Nights, they're partnering with Boston Pizza. They just announced this a couple of days ago. Each Tuesday prior to home games this season, a different Boston pizza location in the city is going to host a neighborhood night from 5.30 to 7.30. There will be Blue Bomber players on site for autographs along with members of the cheer and dance team and Buzz and Boomer will be there. So you can attend these neighborhood nights, take part in interactive games, take advantage of Boston pizza specials, including all pasta starting from $8.99. There's also going to be free bomber prizes for the first 100 fans and then a draw for tickets to that week's game. So you can go to bluebombers.com for more information, but the first one is tomorrow. Yes. At BP Keniston, 1630 Keniston Boulevard. I think it's a great way to to go and get up close and personal with the uh, with the team and the guys, you know, being able to interact with the fans and enjoy some Boston pizza. Well, yeah, let's let's not forget that. And they were at the the Assiniboine Park Zoo 
Uh, this was just yesterday. They yeah. visited the, the zoo yesterday afternoon. Uh, Bomber fans got the chance to visit with players and the mascots and the cheer and dance team. There were autograph tables, airbrush uh, tattoo stations, inflatable football games were set up around the zoo. It's the team's first day at the zoo this season. Valor FC scheduled to have their day at the zoo later this month. So, yeah, the Bombers are all over the field. They're all over the city, off the field. And the coaches show tonight. Don't forget about that coaches show at seven o'clock. And don't forget, you know, the Great Cup party in November. That's right. <laughs> KK's calling it. She's calling the <laughs> I'm shot. Calling it. But there is some stormy weather in the forecast, depending on which app you look at. KK. Right. We could see, I think at one point I saw as high as 40 millimeters of rain for tomorrow. That's since downgraded, but let's get the scoop. Yeah, let's get the scoop from the man who actually knows. Uh, Senior climatologist with Environment and Climate Change Canada, Dave Phillips, is joining us this morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Kathy and Brett. Uh, We are finally, finally going to see some rain, correct? You're right. I mean, I think this is uh, clearly a good news kind of situation. It's going to clear the, the smoke out uh, from some communities in uh, in Manitoba and bring some kind of, well, rescue rains for gardeners and farmers, ranchers. So I, I think, you know, it's, uh, hey, the other thing, too, is not on the weekend. It's occurring during the week. So that's that's a, that's just a, another a good piece of news from this. The problem is, Kathy, it, it could be some severe weather associated with it. We've already seen uh, an hour ago some uh, severe weather coming through uh, in uh, in places uh, such as Blood Vein and Pegasus uh, First Nation, a line of thunderstorms there. It was a really an active kind of weather system, the same weather system that created a lot of uh, of, uh, of weather happenings yesterday in Saskatchewan and uh, Alberta. Some heavy rains, some toonie-sized uh, hail, and and the tennis ball-sized hail, and and I think there was even a, a possible tornado in in Saskatchewan. So that kind of cold front is coming through, and it's going to push up that warm, humid air. I mean, yesterday, uh, uh, temperatures got up to almost 30 degrees in uh, in Winnipeg. So, hey, we know the weather is very, uh, very steamy and oppressive, and, and so that little push upwards uh, does create some uh, some wild weather, and uh, uh, whether it'll be the, it'll it'll have to be a monsoon to uh, correct the, the, the deficit of precipitation you've had since the beginning of the year, but I think it will be generally welcomed. It might uh, uh, cool it off a bit uh, when Wednesday, high of 22, which is about four degrees cooler than normal. And then we build back up into the nice warm air after that with some sunshine. So this is a little bit of a pause at the beginning of the week to bring you some kind of uh, rains to uh, to help correct the, the problem. Yeah, because it's been so dry, driest yes. on record. Usually we see the rain, if there is a pattern, typically the rain will come in June and then it levels off. July, August, but June right. was quiet. And now we're looking at possibility of rain basically every other day this week. Well, Brett, you're right. I mean, uh, you're, you're about June. June is is uh, typically the wettest month on the prairies. Uh, we didn't see that at all. It continued a pattern that we've seen since uh, January. And uh, but occasionally, sometimes that that kind of June weather is delayed into July, and so we can see July is is typically the second wettest month in say say Winnipeg. So um, the fact that we're and, and you know we haven't had any the first week of June has behaved like the uh, the first uh, six months of the uh, of the year. We I think we had a a grand total 
total of less than a millimeter of rain in Winnipeg uh, in July, and uh, we're typically by that time we'd have had about 28 millimeters. So it, it continued, but this this may be um, uh, you know, and the problem is it's not a a kind of a rain uh, today at least that would be kind of the 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 deficit ending kind of rain. I mean, it could rain in your front yard but not your backyard. I think um, as we see less severe weather occurring in um, in Tuesday, Wednesday, that there's a greater chance that more of that rain would be widespread and would provide some uh, some relief. Of course, guys, you know when you've got the the range, you've had the heat, it may it may create more of the bugs. But I think they've actually gone to wood to Alberta, so I don't think there's a worry there. <laughs> yeah, you and I were talking about this the other day. We have nary seen a, a single mosquito this summer. Touch no. wood. Uh, any of the fanning is not to get rid of the mosquitoes. It's just to bring on some kind of uh, of comfortable air. I mean, uh, you're right. It's it's been a you know it, it it shows you guys you know no matter what the weather there are winners and losers. There's something you can always pick out that you like. It's never never the Goldilocks of weather. Not never <laughs> perfect, but uh, my gosh, it's uh, it sometimes nature tries to uh, make a mid course correction and uh, and today I think it's it's one of those days. Dave, how much of this though in all seriousness? is related to climate change because, uh, you know, we we saw minus 50 in January. We saw, you yeah. know, very little snow. Now, you know, very little rain. No, you know, Kathy, I don't really go there. You know, I believe that clear climate change is a big issue. It's something that is affecting all of the world. I think there's clearly a human component on There's some DNA to that. I clearly think that we're responsible for some of that. But, you know, you look out the window and you can't really see it. I think this is just kind of the lazy, hazy days of summer. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to say it's coming out of our tailpipes and smokestacks. I think it's just weather, weather, you know, my gosh, even before climate change became an issue, uh, uh, Canadians talked about weather like like never before and so I, I think it just sort of continues that way I think the overall pattern is is more for that variety more extremes I think that could clearly be related to it but what you're seeing today and and this uh, even this year I, I think is a little hard stretched I, I think it'd be hard to find the the climate change connection to that uh, somebody could but I, I I really think it's just uh, weather being what it is and before we let you go, Dave, it looks like we are in for some more rain tomorrow. Any idea how much rain is going to fall? You know, Brett, it's hard to say. We don't have, uh, there's no warning out yet in terms of that. It's uh, That may come where we would put an amount in. We just think that there will be several hours of it. And uh, and uh, But, you know, it, it is coming with some some uh, heat and humidity and that we always have to be careful of it. I mean, it could be a welcoming rain, but, hey, if it comes with some lightning or some, some wild winds and some hail, uh, uh, you have to be uh, mindful of that. I know Winnipeggers are very respectful of the weather. You get a lot and, and you know how to handle it but uh, uh, look upon this as just uh, uh, a welcoming rain and uh, but uh, stay away from the severe stuff. Dave always good to talk to you. Thanks guys. You Bye-bye bet. Now. So I don't know about you but when my parents tucked me in as a little girl they'd always same line the yep. nursery rhyme uh night night sleep tight don't let the bed bugs bite. Yep. Um that nursery rhyme Brett is a legitimate warning when it comes to summer travel. Uh joining us is Clint Rosebeer from Orkin Canada. Hi Clint, good morning. 
Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, Before we get into uh, some bugs that we need to worry about when we're traveling, I want to talk to you about the fish flies because, boy, are they back. Yes, they are. Uh, Tell us about the cycle of a fish fly because they shouldn't be around for too long. No, no, they uh, they're only around for um, only for a few weeks of the few weeks of the year, um, providing uh, some some good uh, fish some good fish food. Um, the the life of the fish fly itself, uh, they dehydrate uh, really quickly, and uh, they'll only be um, the ones that you're actually seeing are only around uh, for a, a day or so. Okay, that's that's good news because I don't know about you. I I walked into an eating establishment on Saturday morning. Yep. I could barely pull open the door because the handle was just covered. Crazy. Yeah, Absolutely. What, how long does because don't they spend like they're a strange creature and don't they spend like a long time where underground or whatever before they finally come out to say hi to the world? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 sit and um they're kind of almost like we'll say a a timed release. And, um, you know, their real, uh, their real benefit is, you know, once again, is they're, they are uh, a, a fish food and, um, you know, they only come out for uh, a, a little, little period of time, um, a few weeks, and um, then they'll be cleaned up. Uh, a little bit of a nuisance. Uh, they have a little bit of an odor when they're in a oh, yes. and shopkeepers have to uh, sweep them up, um, but they don't, they don't bite and they don't harm anybody. And um, they don't hitchhike home with you either. So. <laughs> well, except for on your vehicles. Uh, they oh, saw plenty go. of vehicles. And you know what? Yeah. I do have some friends, by the way, that gather these things up and use them as uh, bait when they uh, go fishing. In any case, I want to talk, though, for because there's a lot of people, uh, Clint, that are going to be hitting the road this summer and uh, staying at various establishments. And sad to say, but, you know, you have to worry about bed bugs. Yes. Yes. Um, it, um, you know, you can't, you can't, um, you know, put yourself in a, in a bubble, um, but you, you need to be, you know, conscientious and uh, aware and informed about, you know, what, how you should be handling yourself uh, when you're, you know, after you've picked your picture place for your stay for the evening, uh, the hotel or cabin that you've rented, um, you know, looking for signs of bed bugs um, so that you don't, um, yourself, uh, bring them back with you, bring them back home with you or to your, or to your next destination. If you've got multiple stops on your vacation, um, that you're not, you know, transporting them, um, around and there's a, you know, a few different, a few things that you can do, uh, to help, uh, protect yourself in that way. All right. So let's get into those then. Okay. Um, you know, first thing that's recommended is whenever you check into, um, uh, a room, um, or, you know, or a, a place of residence where you rent a cabin, et cetera, is uh, to take your suitcase in with you and place it into the bathtub. Um, placing in the bathtub, bathtub is a nice smooth surface. A surface. Um, bed bugs do have a hard time navigating in a bathtub. Uh, putting your suitcase in there too. Typically, bathtubs tend to be white, um, so you could you would see if there's anything in the bathtub pre putting your suitcase in there. Uh, so it's a good spot for it to, to stand uh, while you go and do a little bit of an inspection. Um, your inspection should include uh, pulling back the, mattre- uh, the, the sheets on the bed, um, having a look on the little tuft that's runs on the top, the top of the mattress, and you're going to be looking for things such as live bed bugs, um, which 
they 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 can be very easy to see uh, by eye. Um, you know, a full grown adult is about the size of you know in Manitoba we could we could reference it to like a size of a wood tick, for example. Right. Um, and you're also going to be looking for spackling, uh, which is their uh, their droppings, and they will look like kind of a ready ready brown pen smeary type marks. Um, they may be kind of pocked, like 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 deposits of pepper, um, but a lot of times you'll see that they look like smeary, and that's that's signs of um, the bed bug droppings that they that there's definitely been bed bugs uh, present, bed bugs there. Uh, other areas, and when you're checking that top of the bed, you really want to check that's kind of close up by the headboard, and if you can have a look around the headboard, um, they love to rest on on wood, um, so. You know, wood objects that are really close to the area that you're sleeping. Um, they, they're going to typically like to uh, nest uh, within a, a few feet of where the host would be so that they can quickly, uh, when you're resting, sneak over, feed, and then go back to their hiding spot. Now, you mentioned that the, the, you should put your suitcase in the tub when you get into your room. What if you, yeah. you're in a room that doesn't have a tub? Like I, I recently went to Vegas and it had uh, sort of an enclosed shower, but it wasn't a even, tub. Even 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 that um, is a good spot. Which, you know, typically, once again, you can see the you can see the floor area. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, hopeful. Hopefully, it's clean for you, <laughs> and uh, you'll see if there's anything moving on, on on there when you put you put it in there. Um, bedbugs, they, you know, although they can distribute themselves throughout, uh, you know, a, a residence or throughout a hotel room, um, that's only typically happens when it's a very large population there. Um, when just a regular sized population, they're going to be staying to close to where they've identified um, their host will be resting. So, you know, problems are, are more prominent in areas right around uh, the bed. So, uh, you know, nightstands, um, in dressers. Um, you know, one of the, one of the best habits too, um, when, when possible, uh, you know, if it's a real extended vacation, um, it is, may not be possible, but to live out of your suitcase as opposed to using the dressers, right. um, living out of your suitcase because you're less chance of putting your articles in there and then packing them up again with a bed bug. Now, if you've been um, in, you're, you have an extended stay, and after a few days of living out of your suitcase, and if you're not having any bites, and you're going to be there for two weeks, now you should start to feel more comfortable with the room. That uh, there, you know, I haven't seen any signs of bed bugs. I haven't had any effects of bed bugs. The room is. It seems to be very clear, I mean, you know, and at that point, if it's an extended vacation. Well, and, and know, those are all some very, very good tips because, uh, you know, a lot of people seem to think that bed bugs, you can't see them with the naked eye, but you can indeed. Clint, thank you for taking the time. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, Clint Rosevere from uh, Orkin, Canada. And you know what, uh, Brett, it's sad but true. You really do have to keep your eyes open if you're uh, doing some summer travel. Um because, hey, you, you don't know just how well that room had been cleaned or who was in there previous, right? Well, well I, I remember a friend of mine, they uh, they had their honeymoon. They went to a hotel. I can't remember where it was in Winnipeg. Um, but they, they ended up having to leave because they found bed bugs 
in wow. their room in the honeymoon suite. So no. They, yep. So they ended up, I think, just going home oh. uh, for their for uh, on, on their wedding night. So that sucks. But yeah, if you've got a bed bug problem, of course, you can also call our friends over at Poolin's Pest Control. They're number 204-233-2500. And I just looked up the the Mayfly, and I need to to double check or read more on this. But listen to this. The uh, the primary function of the adult is reproduction. Adults do not feed, and they're they have the shortest adult lifespan. Delania americana has the shortest adult lifespan of any mayfly. The adult females of the species live for less than five minutes. What? But these things apparently they they spend several years. In the form of a fish fly in particular, their entire lifespan is several years, but most of this is spent as larvae. Then they come out and they're alive for maybe a week. So here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And now we have two tickets for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus Toronto Argonauts this Friday, July 12th at IG Field. And since they're playing the Argos, that got me thinking of the 1991 Great Cup that was played here in Winnipeg, and there was an 87-yard kick return from the Rocket. And then I thought, I don't remember his name. I just remember (laughs) that it's the Rocket. So let's test your knowledge. What's the Rocket's last name? Don't need the full name, just the last name. What's the Rocket's last name? Call us, 204-780-6868. And as luck would have it, KK has an amazing story (laughs) from that Grey Cup. Well, I do, because uh, that Grey Cup in particular, I had uh, pretty much an all-access pass. And that was the year that the Argos were owned by John Candy, Wayne Gretzky, Martin Like, that whole crew came and invaded Winnipeg. And so uh, I was on the field when uh, when that run happened, and Rocket's mom mm-hmm. was standing on the sidelines, and this woman was draped in fur, head to toe. It was cold. <laughs> it was cold. It was bitterly cold. Uh, I think it was about minus 16. And uh, she, Brett, the performance she put on rivaled her son's. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, with her... Hands up in the air and the praise Jesus and the, she just it it was it was unbelievable it was uh, yeah I was I was watching her more than I was watching what was transpiring on the field it was really cool though after the game and the Argos of course won and we're all in the locker room and there again you know was Burton Cummings and John Candy and Martin Short and Wayne Gretzky and his wife Janet and. All these people, you know, with uh, Pinball Clemens was there, of course. Uh, some of the video I have of that uh, and, and some of the tape, not for air. Really? I will, I will, yeah, because most of them were completely impaired. Oh, my. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, another planet. Complete <laughs> another planet. Uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. And Candy, oh, yeah, yeah. So the guys were enjoying the win, to say the least, and uh, it's a memory I will never, ever forget. But in particular, the Rocket and his mom. Oh, his mom. Wow. What uh, Colin just trying to picture the fur coat. What color was the it fur? It was uh, brown. If memory serves, it was a brown and white fur coat. I just, I, I just remember her hands up in the air. Was she running down the sideline alongside her boy? She was running back and forth and, and just praising Jesus the whole time. It was... Uh, you know, good honor. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> Got a text message earlier from Trish saying, finally, some female supervision for Brett. 
Keep them in line, KK. <laughs> oh, Trish, you wouldn't believe what's going on while Jeff is doing the news. Yeah, it's uh, it's just uh, constant shenanigans on my part, and KK uh, keeps oh, me in line. Oh, please. The other way around. Actually, we're, we're birds of a feather, uh, Brett and I. It's good to work with you again, sir. It's been a, a few years. It's been a while. Yeah, I filled in uh, on occasion. I got to work with you on the morning show, but uh, I was excited when I heard you were filling in. So Well, and now it's my turn to fill in and, and hang with you. So you got to hang with Queensryche yesterday. And uh, you're a longtime fan of this band. I am. And you hosted this event at Club Regent, and you got to chat with them uh, just backstage or behind. I guess they were sitting out at a picnic table outside. And that was one of the, the things we discussed is KK had a fangirl moment where she <laughs> intended to do an interview with them and press record on her phone. But she got so excited that uh, she just sat and had a chat with them and didn't press record. Yeah, and and I'm really actually uh, very disappointed in myself because some of the stuff we were talking about was really interesting. And and one of the things uh, that we touched on is something that Alan Cross brought up the other day uh, when he was in studio uh, with us. And, you know, he was mentioning that these artists just don't get paid anything, Mm -hmm. Brett, anymore. Uh, it's not like the old days of the 1980s where, you know, if you were going to support a band or an artist, you went to the record store and you bought that record and they got a, a fair chunk of change out of those records. And now with streaming, you know, they see little to no money. And so the lead singer, Todd Latour, was saying, look, look who's on tour these days. It's everybody. And the reason everybody is on tour is because that's the only way they can make money. As he said, you know, a lot of people, they don't subscribe to the Spotify's and the Apple Music's and the what other streaming services are out there. They use venues like YouTube where you can get it for free. But the problem is, as he said, they make about 0.004 cents for every YouTube stream uh, that that somebody uses. And he said, you can't make a living on that. Wow. So, you know, they're out on tour. And yeah, again, you look at the band. I mean, Alan Cross uh, cited the fact that he had spoken to David Crosby recently. And Crosby, at the age of 77, is going back on tour simply because he needs to make money. Wow. You know, and here's a guy who's got, I mean, publishing beyond belief, right? And it is, is you know, making money there. But And so he squandered some of his money, clearly. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, these guys are having to hit the road. Well, YouTube is the, the most popular. I'm looking at an article from Forbes. Uh, now, this is from last year. It's about a year old, but even last year, 1.5 billion people using YouTube to stream music. I don't remember the last time that I bought an album. I will admit that I also was on the Napster train, and uh, later, what was it? Uh, was it called Kazaa? Oh, yeah. Kazaa, yeah. Um, uh, 14 confirms Kazaa was one of them. Yep, it sure was. There was a LimeWire uh, there were like five or six different, there was a, there were some smaller ones. Uh, but yeah, I used the, the file sharing stuff, uh, because the music just got too expensive. And I remember when I first heard about the iPod I th- and, and the, uh, the ability to house, I can't remember, I, the, the number at the time would be so small compared to what it would be right, now. Right. But when the first iPod came out and you could house, I don't know, however many hundreds of songs of that. That's amazing. I would love to just be able to buy digital 
uh, copies of my songs, but the music industry did not get out in front of no, they did not that train. I think they thought that it would be maybe a fad or that people wouldn't wouldn't bother. But once people got on, caught on to the idea that they could just grab stuff a off their computer, which was super convenient, yep, and b do it for free. They kind of shot themselves in the foot. They finally did eventually embrace digital technology, but by the time we'd already formed all of our habits where we didn't want to go out and pay for music anymore, at least in the, the in a digital form. So I would have happily just switched to, oh, instead of going to pay $10 for a CD single, I'll pay a buck for whatever song. But now I, I'm like everyone else. I pay my monthly fee of $10. I'm on Google Music I know Spotify is the the pop is the trendy one, but I like I find Google is just as effective. It's, it doesn't look as nice, but whatever. And uh, I love it, and I have access to virtually all the music I want. But I, I when I do feel bad that you'd think that you could with every person paying that much money that the bands would you get would a bigger think. cut. Yeah, you would absolutely think. Uh, and and listen, YouTube, uh, they have certainly uh, tweaked on to just how many people are using their service. And if if you use YouTube at all for music, you see it's one ad after another. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing we had discussed last night, where in Winnipeg, Brett, can you go and buy music? I mean, look, I'm all about the experience, and yes, I'm old school, but I like reading the liner notes. I like seeing the pictures. I like reading the lyrics, something you just don't get if you're streaming. So if you want to go and buy a CD, all right, there's a place I know in Portage Place Mall, or Portage Polo Park Mall, pardon me. Yeah, Sunrise. Right. Where else? Into the music, I guess, in the exchange. No, they've closed down. No, the one in the exchange, I think, is still there. Still there. Okay. But the one in, in uh, Osborne Village, was that Music Traders? I think th- I think there no, was... No, that was Into the Music in, in Osborne Village. They've shut down. Okay. So whatever the... Uh, but even the one uh, in the exchange, I don't think they sell new music. Like, I don't think you can go in there and say, give me the latest Queensryche album. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys are having to sell their, their albums um, while they're, you know, on tour and at the merch table. And yeah, I went and picked up an album. Last night. Did you? $20. Uh, compact disc? Yes. Vinyl? Compact disc. And uh, and I will happily play that in my car all day long. 20 bucks. Yeah, little extreme, let's be honest. But, uh, you know, when you hear that these guys are, are just making peanuts, you kind of go, well. I remember when CDs jumped. So they, they used to be... The standard price was always twelve ninety nine at HMV. Sometimes you get the rare one that was eleven ninety nine, and some were thirteen ninety nine. And then out of nowhere, they jumped to eighteen ninety nine, for the most part. Yep, that seemed to be the new standard. Just this massive jump, and uh, I think it was just greed that kind of buried them because once they 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 raised the prices of CDs so high. And I wouldn't, but when I say they, I don't know who's in charge. I'm not well, blaming HMV. I'm not blaming the music no, stores. No, it's the music gurus at the top that were in charge of setting those prices. And uh, uh, yeah, it got to the point where you know what? And and I still do. Walmart still has the bargain bin, the five dollar bargain bin, where you can go in and and get some good old CDs and for and pay five bucks. Well, you can let us know at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. How do you? consume music now do you use youtube do you use spotify do you use another service um or do you just are you still analog do you like your like to go out and buy a hard copy i know when it comes to movies 
Even I, even with movies, I used to buy DVDs all the time. Yeah, me too. And Blu-rays, and I will go out and buy one or two Blu-rays a year now. Otherwise, I'll just stream them. I might, I might occasionally splurge and order something on a pay-per-view, like a like rent it right from Shaw right. if it's a brand new movie and I want to rent. But for the most part, there are so many choices available on Netflix or Crave that you can just say, ah, I don't really need to see that now. I'll wait until it's available. On this service that I already pay for. Well, and you can just talk into the microphone. Oh, do you have the Shaw Blue Sky? <laughs> I don't, but I've seen plenty of commercials that people do that. Um, Liz said uh, St. Vitale Mall has a record store. I didn't know that. I haven't been to that mall, I guess, in a long time. Um, RG's Collectibles. Uh, okay. Ray Shiger, wonderful guy. Yeah, he has. I does he have new stuff? I guess maybe he does. But um, oh, after, inter, after Into the Music left Osborne Village, Music Traders opened. Really? Yeah, they, they and then Movie Village actually ended up moving in with them when the Movie Village shut down when yes. they expanded that uh, Shoppers Drug Mart. Right. And now I think that store just I th- correct someone correct me if I'm wrong at 204-780-6868 but I'm pretty sure the Movie Village component of that is gone and it, and maybe that entire store closed down as well because uh-huh. I remember going in there to look for movies and it was all music again. So the movie component was done Ugh. and it was just music but i thought i heard that uh, the music store was closing as well uh chris says i went to a music store in polo park wanted to buy a 21 pilot cd to support the group because i really like the music and they didn't have it so back to youtube it was and a lot of the hard the the, the hard copy music that's being sold in these stores is vinyl it is vinyl is is making a huge comeback and uh yeah that Again, it's the experience. It's the the tactile nature of having that music in your hands. Uh, there's just something to be said about that. Call me old, I don't care. Well, and it sounds better too. And I think it that's does. that's another thing that I'm I'm happy to see is this sort of resurgence in sound quality because when all of the, the file sharing stuff happened, people were okay with garbage qualities of these songs. So right. you would download. Let's say you you grab ten songs on. We'll just say Napster because that was the first big one. And the, the the level in the audio could be different from song to song. The quality would sound really bad. Like if you get a low quality MP3, it just sounds... Somebody once described it as phasey. phasey. It sounds kind of phasey. Okay. It just sounds okay. gar- a little garbled. Yep. And uh, you've got people out there that want like the all the best quality sound that you can get so that's what you get when you put on vinyl right it's maybe not as crystal clear but it just sounds more complete it it sounds thicker yeah. uh it doesn't sound so thin that's the way i had it described to me i recently picked up metallica where they had remastered some of their stuff and put it on 45 but on big discs on oh. a 33 inch disc but uh at a 45 speed incredible wow Continue to weigh in, 204-780-6868. Another person says, my music tastes are too eccentric. For the most part, it isn't the kind of stuff you can stream. I'm actually headed to the best music store in the city, Planet of Sound, later this week. Oh, I think that's over. Is that on is, Henderson? I don't, or, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, Dave also says there's a used CD store around 1115 Henderson Highway. That might be the same place. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just going to Google that right now because I know there's a comic shop. Right there. Galaxy Comics, I think, is right next to this music store that I'm thinking of. 1115 Henderson Highway. Let's see what Google Street View says. While you're looking for that, Brian says, by the way, little tip, go on the band's website 
order from the band directly. They often add stickers, guitar picks, and other personalized items, plus the band gets the maximum profit from your purchase. I couldn't agree with you more, Ryan. Planet of Sound. There it is. Oh. It's, a, it's 11, it looks like 1109 Henderson, right next to uh, Galaxy Comics and Collectibles, which is a that's just a side note. If you're a nerd or a geek or however you want to describe <laughs> what you saying, yourself, Gary, what you, saying? you should go there because it's super fun. <laughs> I love it there. I And I try to, if I go there, I have to go in like with one specific thing on my agenda. Because if I just wander in there, yeah, I can spend my entire life uh, in that place. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on CJOB. Talk soon.